Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everyone, welcome to Group Text. I don't know who's watching The Gilded Age, but I'm addicted and I've seen the first couple episodes of Winning Time, the Lakers story. We are lucky enough to have Madam Director, Director with us on both shows, Sally Richardson Whitfield. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, and it's a pleasure to meet you. A pleasure to meet you. <laughs> now, I just want to kind of start at the beginning. You were a very busy working actress. I was before you turned director. Yes, I mean, (laughs) I am legend, of course, Anaconda. Um, And and what made you want to start acting? Oh, start acting? Yes. Um, I don't know. You know, I started as a young age, and I think as things went on. Um, it was really the only thing I was pretty good at. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a, a, a fun fact is that, I don't know if you remember this movie, Endless Love with Brooke Shields. So oh, they, yes. They filmed that at my school. Really? In Chicago. And I think it was the first time I had ever seen uh, a movie being made and what that meant. And I still remember Brooke Shields Um, who was just at the height of her gorgeousness, um, just leaning against this pole and then filming this thing. And I just went, ooh, I want to do that. And I think it was the first time that something got sparked in me, honestly. It's interesting that you bring up that you're from Chicago because Chicago is a hotbed of filmmaking. You have all the John Hughes movies Mm -hmm. being made all throughout the suburb of Chicago, you have Second City. Yep. You have um, Jeremy Piven's mother, who was one of the great acting teachers in Chicago. Yeah. I don't think people realize how much how many creative people come out of Chicago that are now major Hollywood players. Well, there was a time when every movie was being shot in Chicago. There was so much work being done there. It's kind of... A, I don't see it as much besides all the Chicago meds and the, you know, all that stuff. But there was a time like when I first started, I could always get little small spots and things. And, you know, it was my way to uh, kind of get groomed before I went to L.A. and, you know, jumped in this huge pond. Mm -hmm. But it was definitely like after, you know, after New York. Chicago was the place to be, you know, big theater um, place. And I did some theater there and it was just a perfect place to grow up before having to, you know, go to LA and move into the big time here. Yeah. The old adage, you know, in Hollywood, everybody wants to direct, (laughs) you know, was that always true of you or did something change? Uh, It was absolutely, I think if you ask me, I don't know, I keep, this number keeps growing, but maybe, you know, 12 years ago, 
um, 15 years ago, you know, do you want to direct? I would have said, no, maybe I want to produce, you know, something like that, a very actor way of saying something. But I was doing Ava DuVernay's first film and she hadn't, you know, she had only directed uh, documentaries, I think, mm-hmm. at that point. And I probably was putting my little two cents in too much. You know, I was like, oh, well, you could do this or you could, you know. And she looked at me at some point and said, I think you're a director and you don't know it. And it's almost like my life flashed before me. And all the times I had, I've always been that actor who paid attention, sat behind the camera, asked questions. But I had never really thought about it. I was just very interested. And there was something about her saying that I was on Eureka where I was, you know, um, the female lead on the show. And I asked them if they would give me a shot. And now, of course, meanwhile, I went and shadowed some directors and got some books and then kind of realized how much I knew. And they gave me the opportunity. And as soon as I did that first episode, I was like, oh, I get this. I understand what this is. I like this. And then things kind of moved from there. And I remember uh, doing our first production meeting and me and the costume uh, director, uh, designer were really good friends. And he was sitting across me and I was like, yeah, yeah. And I was just kind of answering all these questions. And he's in, but inside I was like, oh, he goes, oh my God, you were so good in that meeting. I was like, you had no idea. I thought I was going to die. Yeah, the acting was, skills came into play. Uh, it comes in, it still comes into it. But um, yeah, you realize, you know, when I look back on the episode, I go, oh, it's pretty good. But I see all the things that I've missed. And, you know, but I did, I was just, I just, I, I'm, I'm good at time management. I'm good at with people skills. And I know the acting part. I just had to learn the camera part. And uh, anyway, it was a good thing. I think actors always make great directors. Um, I think so, too. I think, I mean, uh, I've had a few actor directors and, you know, there's a second hand, you know, we we know how to talk to each other. And uh, I mean, not everyone is perfect at it, but um, uh, yeah, I I think, I mean, I mean, you look at a lot of the big directors you have, um, Ron, I mean, obviously Ron Howard, I want to think of um, Ben Affleck. I mean, you can go down I mean, the list. There's just so many actor directors and they do amazing jobs. Yeah. I mean, they, it's always interesting because for a long time I found that people didn't want other actors directing and trying to work with other actors. And now it feels like there's a premium on actors that want to direct or have already uh, shown their directing chops. Yes. And I mean, but it is a, a hurdle. Because there are so many people who want to try it and who aren't really um, serious about it. And so I think that's part of the reason I didn't know I was giving up acting, but I did. (laughs) Like as things started building, I said, you know what? I have to jump into this all the way um, so that people understand that this is really something that I want to do and not that I'm just some actor sort of dabbling. Right. And um, I think that's why I've been able to move so quickly. Well, you also, you had two, more than two, well, you had two bigger strikes against you from being an actor. You had, you're a woman. Yeah. And a woman <laughs> of color. Yeah. So it was a little bit like, you know, like with Ava and Shonda Rhimes now, a little bit of the unicorn. Well, it's been, it's funny. I kind of got in right before this wave happened of giving women in general and women and then just people of color an opportunity. 
So um, it was like literally right before it. So then I was already in. So it really helped propel everything quickly. And, you know, we just need as women and then as a woman of color, we just need the opportunity to get in the door and get that chance. Yeah. And we are good at what we do, you know, and sometimes depending on the project, maybe even better because we come with a different perspective. Oh, women are better at everything than men. Don't get me started. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, please. Yeah. That's how I was raised. My mom's like, if you want a job done right. (laughs) I do. I try to be politically correct. Do I think we're better at everything? Of course. Yeah. But can we juggle 20 things at the same time? Absolutely. Oh my God. My son is 13 and uh, luckily he, I still have a little more cuddle time yet. He hasn't given up on me yet. <laughs> yeah, it's just I say I hate to be the bearer of bad news. It's coming soon. <laughs> yeah, has the smell has the smell fairy? Yeah, descended? he's a, he's getting a little stinky. He's getting a, um yeah mostly yeah he's getting a little stinky yeah yeah the shoes it's when they take off the shoes <laughs> yeah that that comes first um, if you can get shoes on them <laughs> uh, well there you go that too. Um, you your your career is so fascinating to me and i i want to jump into where we are now cuz like period dramas have taken off you can't get away from them when julian fellows came to you you know and he created downton abbey um etc cetera, etc cetera, what did you think when he's like do you want to do the gilded age well i was Luckily, I, I am a fan of this genre. I had already watched all the Downton Abbeys. I mean, if you gave me the list of what are your favorite films, like something like Dangerous, Delay, uh, oh, Dangerous I Liaisons. Loved, I love is, Dangerous Liaisons. Oh, my God. Uh, Glenn Close and that is like Brilliant. everything. Yeah. And, and John Malkovich. Yeah. Oh, like just. So, I mean, that's kind of one of those films I like picked up at the time because the performances are kind of perfect for Gilded because it's like this great drama with this great humor. But um, obviously, I mean, for me, it was a challenge. You know, it's 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 Julian Fellows. So it's an amazing pedigree. Um, I had never done anything like that. And um, I just want to do new things all the time. And then once they threw in the cast of, you know, the kind of actors who were going to be in it, you know, mixed with HBO, it was just something that I just had to, I just really worked hard to, to get, you know, obviously in the beginning, it's like, let's have a meeting. Um, and then it kind of grew into this bigger thing. It was only supposed to do two episodes. And then we started having conversations and talking more and they were like, hmm, what if you did more? Oh, what if you're one of our producers? Then it grew into exact. It just one of those things that just kept rolling and building, and it really has been the most amazing experience I've ever had on any show. How much research did you have to do for every department? Because <laughs> I mean, you think about the costumes, the set, the art direction, um, and, and then we'll get into the acting. Yeah. But that had to be an enormous undertaking. There's kind of no cliff notes for it. 
No, I mean, luckily we have, you know, we have two yeah. different historians there. Uh, we have a white one. We ask, we have a black one, who, you know, like to, for, um, who kind of specialized in the black elite for that world. We have etiquette people on the set. There were, you know, they were, I was given volumes of different books to read. Etiquette is such a big deal. And as, and as much as you think there are people on set to help you, your own research um, is the only thing that will save you at times. I mean, there are mm -hmm. just little things. There have been times when I had to cut because someone picked up their glass the wrong way and it's right in camera. And Julian would maybe stab me in the side of my head if I let that happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say, you have to be, you know, not just the director, you have to be the head of every department. Yeah. More you or have less. to. Yeah. I mean, obviously, li listen. I'm not going to even, we have amazing oh, people yeah. who are doing Bob Shaw, um, uh, Kasha, I can't remember Kasha's but, last name, who yeah, the I costumes, mean, oh my God. Yeah. You know, I just go, she shows me something. I'm like, yeah. Okay. Oh, that, looks looks, good to me. that looks great. And how can I make a meal of it? And I, and you know, and she's like, Sally, are we going to, is she going to walk? I said, okay, well, I can have her walk in the room and sit down so we can see the whole dress. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, but you talk about picking up a glass the wrong way. I remember reading that when Winona Ryder, uh, God, what movie was it? The Age of Innocence. Yes. She said, because they had to work with, obviously, etiquette coaches and all yeah. that. She said the hardest thing for her to learn was to not sit down and cross her legs. Mm. Yeah, you can't, even men, really. Um, it, you know, getting men to not do that. Uh, and let, let me tell you, there's just little things you, you pick up your fork and you only take little bites and then you put your fork down. And then once you're chew, once you're done with the bite, then you can pick the fork back up. You never eat before, you know, you put your glass right back exactly from where you picked it up from. There's so many, there's a way of a, how a man tips his hat. Sometimes he just touches it. Sometimes he takes it off. What hand does he use? How does he hold his cane? His cane is not really there for walking. His cane is there for decoration. There are, <laughs> I, I, know, know I know way too much of this and I never should know. <laughs> and it's just taken up space in your brain. Uh, uh, I'm sure I can, now I can eat with the queen. I think I'm it, ready. Exactly. <laughs> Full French service. Um, and in the show, one, likes French service, one likes English service. Exactly. I, mean, I could go down a huge rabbit hole with, the, <laughs> with you on this one. Um, the actors and actresses, amazing. First of all, when you find out you got to work with like Christine Baranski, who I am a huge fan, were you just like, pinch me? It's, it's one of those where you go, okay, this is going to be easy because maybe all I have to do, do is really block this out, give you some tweaks and we're on mm -hmm. our way. And then your hope is that they will be generous and kind because it makes the day and the whole year that you're working on a show like this go back, you know, go by quicker. There is not one personality on there that was difficult. Um, you know, you have all these amazing theater actors. I think they're always uh, more, more hardworking sometimes than the big movie stars. Mm -hmm. Um, just super kind and super brilliant and giving and just everything you would want. Um, Cynthia Nixon, same thing. Just really great people. And, and a it, real departure character-wise for her. Absolutely. Especially for Cynthia. That's what I'm saying, you for know, Cynthia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I think that I didn't even understand 
some of the some of the subtleties of her performance till I was editing it, you know, like I'm doing it on the day. And then as we get there, I'm like, oh, my God, she was funny on the day. But this is really funny now. She just really found a new side of her. And and that's always I think that's exciting for me as a director. And I think even, you know, for her as an actress to do something so different. I I don't want to give too much away in case people haven't seen it yet, but I'm pretty sure everybody who's listening has. (laughs) You have these actors and actresses. I know we should just call them all actors, but I'm trying to differentiate because the personalities of the time and what was allowed at the time was so vastly different. How hard was it to keep reminding or how hard for you, how much restraint, both physically and emotionally and how you present the dialogue for the women, yet you still allow all this inner strength to come through. What kind of a, what do you, I mean, I know you're dealing with talented people, but how hard is it to even make that leap as a woman director to say, no, 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 no. You have to pull everything inside. And you know these characters just want to explode. Well, you know, what's funny is it's almost opposite here because once the people get those clothes on, you have these corsets, it makes you tight. And then you have this language and all of a sudden people start, they, they get even more reserved and you have to remind them that in the privacy of their homes, you're still real people. Right. And you can let it down a little bit. You can argue, you know, like for our Mrs. Russell, mm-hmm. um, Bertha, you can't argue with your husband and it be a real argument. You aren't in public right now, so you can let it down. So it's almost that you had to get people to bring the life out because they were like, oh, I have the costumes on. I must sit like this. I must talk like this. And you're like, yes, but where are those other layers? So it was it was almost the complete opposite of, of that. It's interesting because I don't think people realize that when you are working on costume periods, the actresses and the actors, more the actresses, have to wear period underwear. Everything because it so affects their movement. And it was the ladies definitely uh, had a hard time for a while because you can't breathe very well. No, you can't um, breathe at all. That's why people used to faint yeah. all the time. And Mar- and our uh, Louisa, who plays Marion, um, there was a day on set where, you know, she's already a tiny girl. And, you know, they were just trying to get that waist down. It was in the beginning and... She, um, we had to stop for a while to give her some air and to take that corset off. And you had to find that place where you can actually, actually work and be cute. Yeah. Um, it was, it was definitely, um, you know, when the women had a break, everyone was out of their corset or loosened up for a second so that they could breathe. Yeah. It's always so fascinating to me. And and I mean, we look at like Bridgerton and things like that, that have these crazy and Dickinson that have these big over the top costumes that are you I look at it and go how the hell did they do that I well mean, that's I get, why they had people dressing them cuz right. you can't do it yourself I mean I get crazy in a pair of spanks all day <laughs> you know what I mean I'm like get this off me <laughs> could you imagine even being corseted in I um I can't uh though I am fascinated the clothes are um a dream for me, you know, I, uh, 
you know, you look at, you know, how little people wear now, but there is this beauty and this sexiness oh. to some of those clothes that even though you're covered up, just that little bit of maybe a little bit of cleavage is so sexy. And uh, I don't know if I want it back, but I could live like that for like maybe a month. <laughs> really? Wearing a corset? Just the whole, but just the whole, the whole costume in general. And they're heavy. You, they're heavy, but they are. And, and maybe because I'm sitting there every day, the actors would come in and it was like a work of art. Where did you guys and shoot? We shot in New York, um, Rhode Island and Troy, New York. Um, Rhode Island and all of those beautiful mansions that the Vanderbilts actually lived in. Um, we, you know, people go on tours through there. We've been in it. I've been in every single room of some of these homes and basements and things that you would never get to see. Troy, New York, which was really an amazing experience because they have a lot of the original brownstones and buildings there. So we really were able to go in there and take over like their whole town square and put dirt down and, you know, change some storefront, you know, uh, signage and get our horses out there. And you are really back in the 1800s very easily. And that's some of our biggest scenes that, you know, where you really can see the scope of that world because we were able to look everywhere. I mean, it's, you've done a brilliant job. I keep looking in the background because they all look like my mother's New York apartment. <laughs> and I keep, I keep looking. There was one I was watching on the Monday one. And I'm like, that looks like her apartment. And then there were doors. I'm like, nope, not hers. But I, well, could, even, I could even see the musician's gallery up on the top. It's amazing. And, you know, as much as we would have loved to shoot in New York, because obviously there's a million brownstones like that. New York is not letting you, you know, you're not going into Manhattan uh, and they're letting you shut down traffic everywhere so that horses, horse and carriages can go by. So yeah. we, we have like a whole back lot too um, that we can, you know, that yeah. we completely own. And that's where we do our set extensions. Well, New York is the only people who are welcome to film in New York or all the Law and Order franchises because it's as much as part of this Dick Wolf. <laughs> well, right, Dick Wolf has a, a, an open pass, <laughs> but so you don't have to shut anything down for that. People can look at you. The police cars can go by. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. But a horse and carriage, it's a little different. <laughs> yeah, even New Yorkers might do a double take. Um, <laughs> and then to go from one period to another, let's talk about the winning season, or is it the winning time? Winning the time. Winning time. Yes. Um. Uh, you went, you went from 1880s to 1980s <laughs> and, and 90s. And did it with like literally three weeks after fin finishing Gilded, which I had been there for like nine months. I had about a three week break and then I jumped right into, you know, wintertime. You're, you're you know, crazy. The Lakers. You are um, not a healthy person. You are no, not. No, I'm not. Right I definitely, my, my husband would agree with you, would, would agree with you. I'm definitely, um, uh, I, I definitely am a workaholic and I'm, I'm trying to work on it, but, <laughs> but winning time. Oh my. And you know, it's the moment you think you've done the biggest thing you've ever like finishing gilded with the horses and all that stuff. You're like, Oh my God, nothing could be this hard. Nothing could be this big. And then I go do winning time and 
you, so you have those actors and then you come over here and you have John C. Riley, you have Adrian Brody, Jason Clark, Jason C. I mean, like the Sally Field. Oh my God. Like who I couldn't tell her until we were done. You know, like, I love you so much. I've always loved you. I was like, okay, don't tell her that until after so that you don't seem crazy, like a crazy fan. Um, and the style of the show is so different and so crazy and the basketball sequences that I had to do because I did the finale are were so hard and so huge that then I, I was like, I think I definitely lost a year of my life shooting that um, within those few months, but it was worth it because it's now become like, okay, no, this is the biggest thing I've ever done. Right. I mean, they've only released at this point uh, one episode or maybe two. John C. Riley. Yeah. is beyond brilliant. If he if he doesn't win stuff for this, I don't know what you win stuff for. He is um, like he was made to play bus. Yeah, he's right? he's jaw-droppingly good. Yeah. And looks so close to him. I mean, they did uh Francine Maisler did <laughs> uh, that's why she is who she is. Like the casting in this is ridiculous. You couldn't get like they, everyone looks so much like the character and they're so good. That is such a hard combination to get. Yeah. I, I recently saw an interview with Adam McKay, mm-hmm. who I think is brilliant on so many levels. And he, he talked about the fact that you guys are all using multiple types of film. You're going from everything from video slash digital yep. to traditional film to different quality and getting to really make a patchwork of the of the time through the different types uh, of medium, just of film, it was how, technically how difficult was that? I would assume, especially in the editing. In the editing, it is hard because you have so you have so much footage, mm-hmm. you know, um, and you're and then some of the stuff, like some of the eight mil stuff, you don't even know what the guy got. So you really, you know, usually I know. I've, I've designed my shots. I know exactly what I have. I can go, mm, I'm pretty sure there's another take over here because I remember seeing da, 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 da. I don't even know what gifts that I have over there because the um, camera operator who, who did this, it's like this little tiny eight mil that he'd come in and hose some stuff down and get these beautiful moments. So, but also, you know, when you're normal, when you're used to shooting, um, high def, right? You can just shoot all day. We're using real film. Which is a bloody fortune. Which is a bloody fortune and a headache because all, and especially because all these actors are used to be able to go, go like, don't cut, don't cut. They want to go. And you're like, dude, the mag just ran out. Yeah. Like you're missing things sometimes because one camera rolled out and now you have to, you can't just go. They're like, what are we waiting for? I'm like, film. Yeah. So like this year, you know, like the next year, you know, we have to learn that we need, like, can we get a bigger mag and have more film because so that we can keep rolling like we're used to. So that was kind of the stuff. And then you just kind of start, you know, leaning into this new style and really, um, you know, it's a bit of a, a little bit of a learning curve. I was about to say the learning curve on yeah. using to go from eight millimeter, 35 millimeter Back to digital. I mean, I'm sure you had never really thought about screaming, checking the check the gate, 
And that it's a real, like nowadays, it's a fake check the gate. This is a real, real check, check the, the gate. gate. Yeah. And there were some check the gates where you're like, holy crap. Are you kidding me right now? Like, are we really do have to shoot that over? <laughs> yeah, I don't, uh, people don't know that checking the gate is what they say after you cut a scene and you say cut and print, which they don't say anymore um, to make sure that the film captured Nothing went it, wrong. That nothing yeah. went wrong. Yeah. I mean- yeah. Who, do you, how fun was it the first time you got to actually say cut and print? <laughs> I probably never said, I probably just said cut because I wasn't even thinking. Yeah. Half the time I was the one going, why can't we just go? What are we doing? What are we waiting for? Um. <laughs> <laughs> so um, who, I got to ask, were you a Bulls fan, a Celtics fan? or a Laker fan, or none of the above? How much did you have to learn about basketball? Well, I am from Chicago, so I'm all day a Bulls, Bulls fan. fan. Right. Um, though, who doesn't love the Lakers, right? Uh, I am very lucky that I know basketball well. I played all through high school um, and was, you know, at the time in my life, I was a very good player. Um and so I, luckily I know basketball. And so that was, I don't even know how you could do the show and not know it. In particular for the episodes that I had to do, like I said, because there was a lot of basketball, mm -hmm. especially in the finale. And, you know, you have eyes, you know, I have other eyes. You have the basketball coordinator who's there, but you know, as a director and when you're doing so much basketball in a sequence, I am the other coach there. I'm the one who has to walk on that coat uh, on the court with all these tall guys and go, Hey, your defense sucks. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I know it. You're tired. And we've been here all day, but you're the one who's going to look like I'm, I'm making sure I don't curse. No, now. You can curse. You can <laughs> I was curse. cursing then. Yeah. But you're the one who's going to look like crap on camera because you're doing some fake defense. And I'd look at the actor and I go, are you cool? Can you take some real, real defense? And they're like, yeah, I'm like, well, get on him. And it just became this whole in, you know, if you don't know sports in any way, uh, just hard to be that coach that I think these guys need it. Um, you can tell I'm, I'm, I'm very shy on the set. Yes, clearly, <laughs> clearly tender flower. Don't upset, don't upset her. Uh, your husband is a major actor or a very accomplished actor, three, yes. was it three daytime Emmys? Um, yeah, he's been doing this a long time. Like he started on the Cosby show mm -hmm. um, as I think it's Vanessa, not, is it Vanessa's boyfriend, I th I think Robert? He, I think he was Vanessa's boyfriend. Yeah, uh, Robert. And, um, you know, started and then was on All My Children um, with um, Kelly Ripa. He was just on, he, he just co-hosted with um, Kelly like last month. Oh, nice. And, uh, and then, you know, when we met, he was just doing series after series after series. And he's, he sort of made a transition like I have too. He's become more of a counselor and public speaker and wrote a book. Um, you know, you get older and you make new decisions and feel like, and find out what your purpose is. I got to ask about the real husbands of Hollywood. I know. <laughs> <laughs> How did that come about? And how? Well, and by the way, how much fun did he have? Hi, honey, I'm off to work with Nick Cannon and Kevin Hart and Ron Thicke. Like, I'm off to work with all these people. 
Well, you know, it's one of those things where Kevin Hart and uh, Chris Spencer, who um, was one of the writer producers on that, are good friends of ours. Uh-huh. And that's what the show is, a real life, you know, trying to get these real life couples in there. So um, I was so happy when he started to do the show in general. Because it's I was hilarious. Like, ooh. I was like, oh, that means I get to do, you know, maybe I get to come on for an episode or two. And back then, like, I'm a drama kind of gal. So doing any comedy kind of that's another like puts me in great anxiety um because I'm like oh my god they're gonna be judging my funny I'm not funny and uh but uh definitely one of one of the highlights for me because I love working with my husband in general but also because I don't get to do a lot of comedy and Kevin is crazy it's just it was just a crazy yeah (laughs) so fun how did you guys meet uh he uh he was he had a tv series called between brothers and they were bringing on a woman as a love interest for him. And he wanted, he, he, I guess he asked, he told me, he goes, I asked for you. And I was like, you probably won't be to get her. She's really busy right now doing movies. And, you know, I just happened to be open. And when they called, I said, yeah, sure. I'd love to do it. And came on the show and we were both sort of dating people at the time, but kind of at the end of those relationships and became friends and started dating. I think he he's probably the only guy I've ever dated that I worked with. Um, and here we are 20, I don't know, 23, 24 years later. Have you directed him yet? Oh, uh, yes. On Queen Sugar. Oh, okay. because he was one of the um, leads on Queen Sugar the first three years. So that first season I came and Ava, you know, kind yeah. of this whole, you know, full circle there. I was just going to visit him on the set and I had just decided I wanted to start really jumping into directing because I was done with Eureka. Um, kids were a little older and it was time for me to make the change that I knew that I would make one day. So I had come to visit him, got out the car. Ava was standing there and she goes, Sally, come here. And I was like, what? She goes, are you still directing? I go, well, funny you say I just got an agent. I just started shadowing again and I'm, you know, looking and she's like, I can't do my episodes. Can you do them? And I was like, absolutely. And then obviously I get, and then of course she gives me his first kiss on the show. <laughs> that, that's his favorite story is that him and Dawn, uh, who plays the lead sister, had to kiss and they're all worried about it. And I'm like, I don't care. You can kiss all day. And which I, they say I made them kiss longer than they, than they needed to. And that they were waiting for cut for a long time. <laughs> He's all nervous. <laughs> it's hard enough. And I, I, and believe me, I know this and my son knows this hard enough raising kids in good circumstances. When you have one parent in the industry, it's tough to keep them grounded to even harder because our lives aren't reality based. Mm-hmm. How do you? How are you doing it? I mean, I know how my I don't I know how my parents did, and I know how I do it with my son, which is there's a very clear, always has been definite defining line of real life, fake life. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. It's so funny because my kids are so not, like, so don't care about the business mm-hmm. and. Um, and so it's one of those things where you go, I don't even know how we did it. We just aren't, we're really normal at home. Like real life. uh, Huh? Yeah. I mean, what, when I'm not working, 
Um, you know, I, I go to school, in fact, in stuff where my daughter's like, please don't wear those pants again. You look like a bum. And she's like, could you be just a little cuter? But I think, <laughs> and thank, but, and thank you so much, dear. You just, thank you, darling. Yeah. I thought I looked okay. Yeah. My um, self-esteem you, is awesome right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, but I, I think it's, I really honestly think that we don't, you know, most of our friends, some of them are in the business, but they're not, they're more behind the camera mm-hmm. or they're not like actors in front of the camera. And we really, he's from Brooklyn. I'm from Chicago. And I, I think that's really what it is. If I think about it, it's just that we're completely normal at home and we're not bringing you out to a bunch of glitzy stuff where you get so jaded by everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, and that's also one of the reasons that my mother and father sent me out of Los Angeles for college. Mm-hmm. That's why they sent me back East. Cause you have to really, they always were very insistent that the world that we live in is not reality. And my daughter, you know, she, she's been the one who was like, um, I am out of LA. I want to go, you know, she's trying to get out because she wants to um, experience something different, you know, from day to day. So she, I think she already inherently knows that, um, that this isn't, sometimes LA isn't real and she needs to try something different. Oh, please. I had my ass put on a plane ship cross country. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You have so many projects. If I give you one final plug. Can you put them all in one sentence? <laughs> of the project? <laughs> oh, no. Say, how do you get out that final plug with everything you are doing? Oh, my God. Um, like no, a, you know what? It's like I, a word right game. Now, <laughs> right now, I'm just, you know, we're focused on um, getting the second se- season of Gilded up and going and, you know, working on the scripts and getting, you know, we're like a li- few months away from starting the second season. Hopefully... I will be doing um, more of uh, of the winning time um, next season. And, you know, and I also have this deal at HBO. So really, you know, my focus as much as it is on these shows are developing projects um, so that I can be my own Adam McKay. You there know, you that's go. that's my mission. <laughs> you are amazing and brilliant and gorgeous and talented. And I just even doing my research and watching your most recent shows, I'm a fan. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I was already a fan, so thank you so much. 